Welcome to the Stack of Stats podcast. I am Pam Maldonado, joined by somebody you have not listened to in a while because you know what? College football started, NFL started. It is my man, Anthony Charter, my golf partner in crime. We were doing golf back in the day. Everything got pushed to the wayside, but now he is back. We are back for an impromptu uh, chat because we have the CJ Cup this week. Charter, my man, it is so nice to have you back. We are doing this because, hey, I was asked to do some golf. So why not throw in a podcast with it? How are you doing? And how has golf been treating you? I'm doing very well. It's a pleasure to be back and pleasure to be talking with you again. Um, you know, golf hasn't gone anywhere, even though you threw us to the side for football. <laughs> I mean, golf's still been rolling on. We had a Ryder Cup, which was great. We had the FedEx Cup playoffs, which, you know, ended up being very, very nice. So it's lots of drama there. Uh, and the first couple events of this season have been great too. Like last week, we were in Vegas again. Uh, Sun JM won in the Shriners Open, which was a great event. Um, obviously, it's in Vegas, so I was glued to the golf all weekend. Um, you know, we had a shot. We had Matt Wolf pre actually posted, or I think I tweeted on Monday. I was like, first click, Matthew Wolf at mm-hmm. fifty wanted it. I retweeted that. You and then I look on Sunday and he was up in second. I was like, oh, look, somebody in second. It's not going to win because that would be too easy. And that life's not fair. <laughs> and of yeah. course, he did not. But and it was still the, stellar. Yeah. And towards the end, he bogeyed like 15 or something to fall into a tie for second. And I had the each way on him. So I needed it mm-hmm. badly for him to get. But he got two birdies to take solo second. We we cashed out like 12.5 X on the each way bet. So it was, it was a really good week. Harry Hall. Um, I know we have a, we have a poker friend who's really good friends with Harry Hall. He came in out of nowhere, you know, had really good finish. I think it was T eight. He cashed the top tens, top twenties for big numbers. I mean, we had a plus 1000, uh, top 20 on him. So it was good. It was a great week. It was a great week for you. And that's awesome. Let's roll it over into this week because this is my one and done for the season. And then I won't touch golf probably again until February. So let's go. It is the CJ cup at summit. It is another Las Vegas course. This is back-to-back events that they are playing in Vegas. Last year, this event was held at shadow Creek and was won by Jason Kokrak who won the, who won his first tour title in nine years. He's definitely back to defend his title this time around the course itself. It is the summit club. It is a par 72 over 7,400 yards, a Tom Fazio design with bent grass greens. The first time this course will host an event on tour because you know what? It's only four years old. It is a private, very exclusive, very rich, high class uh, course. If you look at the houses that are surrounding it, no, the, the cheapest house you'll find is three million. So if you got, yeah. you know, the three million lying around, this could be a course for you. <laughs> but it plays like a um, it does have a desert background. It has mm-hmm. views of the strip. But what else can you say about this whole course? Yeah, it's at least two hundred thousand dollars to be a member yearly. <laughs> Holy heck. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, Tom Fazio's design, it, play, it will play a lot like Shadow Creek did last year. Um, Fazio's designs are quite legendary. There are regular stops on tour that Fazio designs, uh, Quail Hall Club, where they host the Wells Fargo Tournament, um, Monterey Peninsula at Pebble Beach, the Seaside Course at the RSM Classic, and the Corrales Course for the Putacana event are all um, Tom Fazio designs, and then he's helped uh, renovate a whole bunch of courses. So his his stamps are on all, all the way through the PGA Tour, and uh, you know people will be used to playing it. He he likes long balls. 
So usually there's not too, too much trouble in a lot of those courses. And this one specifically was never meant to host PGA. Mm-hmm. Um, this was kind of like an emergency pick once, um, like usually it's, this is in Korea. CJ cup is a Korean or CJ is a Korean company. The event has already, or has always been in Korea. Um, but this year, you know, due to COVID they had to cancel it. So we're so getting we're moving Vegas. on. To- we're moving on to these players. Uh, it is only 60 players will take to the greens from the prior season's FedEx Cup points list. It is a no-cut event. So 60 players will see all four days of golf played. Justin Johnson, Justin Johnson, Dustin Johnson, <laughs> Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley are all plus 1,400 co-leads right now in the odds boards, followed by Colin Mar- Morikawa, who happens to be a member at this course, in, of which yeah. now we know is $220,000, $200,000 to be a member of. <laughs> and yes. he has actually shot a 62 on this course. And then you have Jordan Spieth rounding at the top five in the odds. You also have some sponsor exemptions, Ricky Fowler, Adam Scott, Gary Woodland, Jason Day, and Justin Rose. And players who uh, could do well at this course simply because they of their association with Las Vegas. You have Adam Scott and Charlie Hoffman, who both went to UNLV. You have Maverick McNeely, who lives in Las Vegas. So potentially they've all played here and or can do well here. The 72-hole um, record is held by Brooks Kepka, who shot this in 2018. And an 18-hole record is held by Ryan Palmer, who shot that in the fourth round in 2018 event. But it was not a PGA thing. Um, yes, I will add. For the CGA Maverick- Cup. For the CGA, for the CG Cup, which neither of which was at this course. So those 72 hole records and 18 hole records, irrelevant. (laughs) Yeah. I will add that Maverick Manili is also a member at the Summit Club and has recently overtaken Kyle Morikawa's course record as he just shot a 61. Nice. So then he could be a long shot for this. Some of the stats that I looked at are players who are long and accurate off the tee. Eh, Not really accurate. It's wide open fairways. So who bombers off the tee? Those who can avoid three putts, there's larger greens, um, good with your irons, typical distance strokes off strokes gained off the tee on the approach, putting around the green par five scoring because it is a par 72. Is there anything specific that you looked at? Birdies. Birdies. Oh, yeah, that is a good one. The winning score here could they they could potentially reach minus 30. I mean, the weather looks kind (laughs) of good. Um, A lot of the books are setting the over under at minus 21. Wow. Like I just not sure they really realize how easy this course is going to be played. They're like this, this is a exclusive member course. This is not a, cha- mm-hmm. a championship course. You know, Tom Fazio designed this to be like a gorgeous piece of land um, that has amazing views and you know suits a person who is paying two hundred thousand dollars for a membership. <laughs> Holy heck. Well, let's roll through the players that you like, because we have a whole bunch of players that we have like to roll through um, big our laundry list of players. Walgreens list is back. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have. OK, starting first with Brooks Kepka. Brooks cannot talk today. Brooks Kepka, top 20 minus 110, top 10 plus 200, top five plus 500 and to win plus 3000. Tell me what you like for this week. I mean, I'm just always going to like Brooks. I don't think it's anyone, anyone that's listened to us is surprised, but I mean, it's, you know, it's a guaranteed four day event. There's lots of money up top, you know, there's a, it's a tough field. So, you know, Brooks is going to show a little bit of game. He doesn't have to be accurate off the tee here. There are like three or four par fours that are potentially drivable, especially with the elevation changes, um, you know, like a, uh, a 400 yard par four is going to play much, much uh, shorter in the elevation and the firmness of the course. 
So he's going to be able to drive some of those. He's going to be able to bomb it out there without really too much trouble. Um, we just need a, a little bit of putting. And, you know, at least he, he says to himself, like the first week he comes back from, you know, a leave of absence or a little break or whatever, is always going to be like a fewer week. And then the second, third weeks are where he really comes out. So we'll see. Hopefully he got all his partying done last week. But you give me a 30 to one number on Brooks and I'm just going to bet it blindly every time. All right. I will say the one thing I don't like about him is that I look at players and how they perform on bent grass greens. He sucks. Yeah, brown bent grass greens. He loses strokes every single bent grass tournament that he has played. So that could come into play here, especially if you're talking about players who are going, who need to be able to birdie. Another player that you like is Louis Uthuizen, who at a point there, he was always the bridesmaid, never the groom, but the, never the bride. There you go. I always say groom because he's a male. Yeah. <laughs> always the bridesmaid, never the bride. This time around, he has uh, he did play the Shriners, which was just last week in Las Vegas. He took T14 there, gaining strokes off the tee on his approach and ball striking. But he did lose strokes putting, nearly two strokes putting lost. For somebody who is a top-tier putter, that's unlikely to happen. Maybe he could have a bounce back this week. What do you think? Yeah, same thing. Power four scoring, power five scoring is awesome. The ball striking is elite. He, he, he's going to be in contention in any event on any soil, no matter where he plays. Uh, and 30 to one, I'm, I'm all aboard Usti as well. Another player that you like is Victor Hovland, who I did not pay any attention to until you told me you put him on my radar. And my God, his ball striking has been elite. It always has been. He has lost strokes around the green in his last four events played. He has lost strokes putting, but nearly he stayed pretty neutral, losing just 0.8, 0.1 and 0.7 in his last three events. If he can turn that keep that the same, he can definitely shine. This is a all strikers course where you just bomb it off the tee, get close with your irons, give yourself a shot at some birdies. That can definitely be him. But we know that putting is always his issue. His around the green is an issue. So what makes you think he can contend this week? Yeah, I mean, if anyone read my preview article for Tour Junkies last week, he was my fade. Uh, just wasn't sure where the game was at, especially coming off the Ryder Cup. I had to, some reasons, but it mostly, it mostly came down to his short game. Um, now he lost nine strokes around the green last week. That's not going to happen again. And with, with, even if he lost half of those, he would have been in a much better position. So, you know, hopefully knocked out all the cobwebs, you know, he's a young guy. He was in Vegas playing at the course for his first time. So, um, I, I would like to see a bounce back from, from Vic this week. He certainly has the iron game to do it. The other player that you have on your list, you have two more. You have Alex Norin, plus 185, plus 500, plus 1,200, plus 8,000 to win. He is really good on betting grass greens. He has gained strokes in his last two, nine strokes putting, four strokes putting in his last two tournaments on bent grass greens. And when in his last three events on bent grass, he finished, t- he finished 16th, T4, and T9. We talked about how this is a bomber's course. Um, he's not a bomber off the tee, but we should know he sure as hell can putt. So what makes you think he can contend with some of those bombers? Birdie fest, bent grass greens, elevation benefits, Alex Norin. I mean, Norin's always <laughs> been one of my favorite plays. Uh, you know, going back a long time, I've, I've always said a soft spot for Norin. Um, he's one of the best putters in the field. He hits a really nice ball and he's able to just rack up the birdies. Mm-hmm. So I I'll keep riding him. He's, he's been really good to me over the last like four or five events. 
I can't tell you that's probably somebody that I will be writing as well. The fifth, another player, the last player that you like is Cameron Tringali for a top 20 plus 175 to win plus 6,600. I don't see looking at the stats. He doesn't bomb it up. He loses strokes off the tee. He loses strokes on his approach. He loses strokes around the green and his putting's off and on. Help me through this one. <laughs> well, I mean, he's eight straight cuts with five T20s in there. Basically, he was one stroke off of two of those T20s. Um, he's one of the best bent grass putters in the in you know, on on tour as well. I mean, of course, he's always going to lose strokes when you're you know you're not a, a long hitter. But those guys are going to gain some benefits from the elevation changes. I mean, they're not going to be going for the the green on like a 340 yard hole, but like they might be up there 300 and have a nice little chip into it. Um, And one other thing, Coke rack cracked his forever windless drought here last year. Tringali is like the next guy. This will be his like 313th start without a win. So it might just be a CJ cup type of time for a Tringali. Those are the players that you like. You're targeting Brooks Kepka, Louis Uthuizen, Victor Hovland, Alex Norin, and Cameron Jagali. Definitely, I'm interested in potentially backing Alex Norin and Victor Hovland. Some of the players that I like, going first with Tony Finau. He's top bent, top five in strokes gain total on bent grass greens. I told you I'm looking at players. If we don't have course history to go off of, if we don't have really a lot of recent form because it is a new season, then I'm going strictly off of players who do well on bent grass greens. And Tony Finau is one of those players. I know that he didn't do well at the Ryder Cup. Um, you were telling me about him earlier, but he, on bent grass, he has a win at the Northern Trust, which is in August. He took 15th at the BMW. He gained strokes putting, which that's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> we know that putting can be difficult for him on day four, but you know what? He's already got that big, uh, he's already got that win under his belt so that potentially could help him ease things now from here on out in his last three events on bent grass greens and in a no cut event, he took fifth, 11th and 15th and you're getting plus money on him for a top 20. His odds are plus 100 for a top 20. I definitely don't dislike that. What do you think? Fino's just, I don't know. You never really know. I mean, obviously last started last season, I was like, Fino's going to win twice. He should have won twice. He he did win once. He was in a playoff for the other one, blah, blah, whatever. But like the game just hasn't hit. Like he's either lost strokes on approach or off the tee or both right. in almost every start in those last like 10. And that's like when you're paying those prices, you, you just want a little bit better than that. More um, consistency. Yeah. But I mean, he's he obviously has the potential. It's just. I'll probably hold off on fee now for a few weeks just to see, you know, what we're, what we're going to be getting from him. But yeah, I mean, obviously the, getting that win has to be a huge weight off his shoulders. So maybe new fee now, maybe new fee now. Another player that I like is Sam Burns. He's probably my favorite player to target for this week. I don't think anybody is coming in with as good of recent form with as good of off the tee approach play and his best surface is on bent grass. Top 20, you're still getting plus money, plus 100. Top 10, plus 225. And to win is plus 2,800. On bent grass surfaces in his last few events, he took second. Second 
21st at the Northern Trust, 8th at the BMW Championship, and 14th at the Shriners just last week, where he did lose only one stroke putting. And then on, he only has one sample size of a no-cut event on Ben Grass, but he took 8th, at the which was the BMW, in August. Um, he's doing superbly off the tee, gaining four, three, three, four strokes off the tee. So his ball striking is definitely there. If he can stay neutral or slightly gain strokes around the green and putting, knocking some of those birdies, I like him to come out with a win here. What do you think? Sam Burns is a stud. I, I don't know <laughs> if he'll win or even come close to winning, but he certainly has the potential. I mean, like, he's, he's been playing amazing golf, but nothing really too much to say. I mean, Bent obviously isn't his his best surface. You know, his nickname is Bermuda Burns, but, I mean, mm-hmm. the putter's just been great anyway. So, it's he, he's definitely coming in with the best form. I like it. Another player, the third player that I like is Rory McIlroy. His odds definitely not as good um, for a top 20 is minus 110 for a top 20 is plus 225 for a top five is plus 450 and to win is plus 2200. However, it's Rory McIlroy. And I know that he definitely struggled at the Ryder Cup. I saw an interview where he kind of like teared up a bit because he underperformed or at least to his level. Um, well, and he, he was disappointed. Did. He was disappointed in himself and for doing that to his country, to his fans. Um, but he is still one of the best golfers living and breathing right now on tour on bent grass greens. He does gain strokes putting in his last six events. He has gained strokes putting in all six events. He took fourth at in the Olympics and then he took fourth at the BMW. Oof. How do you not target Rory in a huge bounce back spot knowing that meant I'm how do you not back him? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's hard to say. I mean, I I don't know if I put much weight in what happened at the Ryder Cup because Rory's like you know he's such a veteran now. You know he's not just that young guy on tour, young awkward looking guy. Mm. Um, I mean, Bent is definitely his worst surface by far. And he's putting. gained stroke. I don't know how you're saying that if he's gained strokes putting on Bent. No, I'm just saying every tournament he's o- over his career. <laughs> Okay. He has he has gained barely 0.02 strokes on bent, and Bermuda is almost uh, a sixth, and Poe is an eighth. So, like well, when his it comes to surface, events, bent is still in his worst. last six events on bent grass greens. He's gained okay. Well, it's a 50-50. He gained one point six point zero three three and six. So he's improved in his last three events. And then where he did gain three and six, yes, he did finish fourth and fourth. So. Maybe he's getting better. I mean, <laughs> you never know with Rory. He just comes and goes. But a worry definitely is his approach. His approach, he hasn't gained a stroke in approach and on. in four events. So, Yep. He has yeah, lost strokes really on his approach that. in three straight events, the Northern Trust, the BMW, and the Tour Championship. And then it is nice that you get four rounds from Rory, though, because typically yeah. he starts off really crappy, and sometimes it's probably just demoralizes him, and he can't fight back. Um, on the second round, like he'll rarely ever do extremely well on these type of, well, I guess there's no cut, but generally a birdie fest requires like a minus six cut and Rory just takes a little bit too long to get cooking for those type of things. So then maybe what you could do for Rory then is maybe instead of taking him pre-flop at plus 2,200, maybe you can take him on the live line. If he isn't a top 20 player, 
then those odds could jump to maybe plus 3000 or yeah. If, if he's not more than like 10 strokes behind on Thursday, yeah. then you probably get a really good number on him on Friday. And that's probably what I would be looking for. <laughs> yeah. So maybe Roy McIlroy on the live line is something to consider. The other player that I like, I like two other players, Aaron wise. This is a bit of a longer shot for me. Top 20 plus 175. And then to win all the way down plus 6,000, six, uh, that's a big number, uh, mm. 60 to one. But so what I like about Aaron Wise is on bent grass surfaces in his last two events, he has gained strokes putting after losing in four straight. He took T17 at the BMW Championship. He took T8 last week at the Shriners Children's Open in Las Vegas. He has gained strokes off the tee in his last two events. He has gained strokes on his approach in two of his last three. He has gained strokes around the green in four of his last five. And he has gained strokes putting in four out of his last five. He is kind of turning a corner. He's improving with every tournament that he plays. And he's coming into this with back-to-back tournaments at playing the first week in August and the last week at in Las Vegas. So he is coming into this with reps more so compared to a lot of the players in the field this time around. Aaron Wise, longer shot. What do you think? Wise is a little bit concerning because he seems to follow quite a bit of a pattern. So like in his last seven events, he's lost strokes, approach and putting, then gained strokes, approach putting. Lost strokes, approach Mm. and putting, gained strokes, approach. So Mm. last week he gained strokes, approach and putting. So oh, no. if his like seven <laughs> event trend is true, he will lose strokes and approach and putting. But I mean, you know, trends are just that like it, he could snap it this week and that'd be nothing. One thing I will say, though, is like the Shriners field was very weak. The Sanderson mm-hmm. Farm field was super, super weak. So like even if Aaron Wise plays really good, they're still like really, BMW really good ones wasn't. BMW is a stronger field and he, yeah, but I only said those two. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. That that was, was great. Um, But I just meant the last two, Mm -hmm. like this will be like the BMW field. So Mm -hmm. he's going to have a lot better players to compete against. Right. So well, then the last player that I like, very interesting. Well, then the last player that I like is Dustin Johnson. Top, his odds are terrible. Top 20 minus 155. Really, you don't start getting value until his top 10, which is plus 150. And then to win is plus 1400. Um, I think this is kind of just one of those of he had a really great Ryder Cup. He took yeah. T6 at the BMW Championship in August, which was the last bent grass tournament that he played. And then he's coming off eighth at, we haven't seen him in a PGA event since September, a month ago but he took eighth at the tour championship. He lost strokes off the tee on his approach, but he gained 10 strokes putting. Bent grass is a stronger surface of his. Is this a bit of a just stay away because of how well he did at the Ryder Cup or ride it because he did well at the Ryder Cup? I don't know. First of all, I think it's very weird that you saved Dustin Johnson for the very last. You're like, mm-hmm. I have a long shot, Aaron Wise. And then you go with the top guy. <laughs> with, he is the favorite in this tournament. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just, I mean, no, you know, no, I think usually I guess we always start at the top. Like Dustin Johnson would have been mm-hmm. your first play. And you, I was expecting someone, someone lot lower. And then you're like, DJ. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know about DJ. I, I just don't know. Played awesome at the Ryder <laughs> That's Cup. That's the answer. <laughs> and I mean, like, he's just, 
I mean, like if you look at like DFS wise or even just betting, DJ hasn't paid off anything. Right. Period. Since he won the Masters, that was a long yeah. time ago. That was a long so, time ago. He is so he's such a polarizing player. Just look at his yeah. tournament since August. He since since May really. He took T second cut. Oh, this was twenty twenty. So that's why. So in twenty twenty one on bent grass greens, he missed the cut, took eighth, missed the cut, missed the cut, took sixth, took sixth. So, I mean, you're either going to like he's going to finish dead last or he's going to win it all. So if you are going to play Dustin Johnson, I think you only put some on him to win outright. Try to shop around for the best number that you can get. But putting him on a top 20, on a top 10, even a top five, there's just no value there for somebody that is inconsistent and can like withdraw because he just feels like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I rarely ever will buy up for the top guys. Because, you know, they just have to, the top 20 numbers are almost never going to be great. And even then, like, there's still so much risk between them doing it. So I, I don't, I don't like that. I mean, I'll be interested to see if Dustin Johnson actually shows that, but you know. We'll see what happens. That's why it's a golf. It is a new season. So tread softly, tread lightly and wait until you have more data on this. It's early in the season of a brand new season. So don't go crazy on these bets. But those are the players that Charter is targeting. He likes Brooks Kepka, Louis Uthuizen, Victor Hovland, Alex Norin, Cameron Chigali. I like Tony Finau, love Sam Burns, Rory McIlroy, Aaron Wise is a bit of a long shot. Dustin Johnson, honestly, only on the outright market. He's not no value there taking in for a top 20 or anything else. Those are the players that we like for the CJ Cup this week in Las Vegas at the Summit Golf Club. You can make sure to check out Charter stuff on tourjunkies.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Ant Charter. You can follow me at on Twitter at Pamela M35. And that does it for another episode of Stack of Stats. Good luck this week.